Welcome to the Bureau of Citizen Detectives, the officially unofficial podcast for Yellow Jackets on Showtime. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking the season finale, season two, episode nine, storytelling. Uh, Aaron, how'd you feel about this episode? Oh boy. Oh boy. You know, there's a lot that I really liked about this finale, and there's a lot that I really didn't like. Um, a lot that made me wonder how in the hell are they going to continue this this plot in season three in any kind of the understandable way. Um, and, and, and the real unfortunate thing is it's not like, uh, cause I, I saw, it seems like there's a lot of people saying the, the teenage timeline is still hundred percent. Okay. It's the adult timeline. It's bonkers, but I feel like I've got kind of major problems in both timelines. Um, hmm. I will okay. say that I don't know that these are fatal problems, because you know uh they are leaving things and i think a good and interesting place uh they are still finding ways to put shocking deaths into the the series which i think is it's it's hallmark and something they kind of have to keep doing it'd be kind of really lame if no one important dies between seasons you know one and five right um Mm. but boy boy that the the police showing up to honey cult central and finding one of their detectives shot in a trunk post-mortem and Mm -hmm. another a a middle-aged woman uh, overdosing in the woods uh with with the leader of this religious institution being institutionalized herself like boy Boy, it feels like a, a a thread a person could pull and just unravel a, a whole fucking mess. Um, and I'm like, it, I, I that that seems it seems hard to believe. But I, the one the one thing I will tell you, uh, people that are wa- want to believe that this show is good and it's it's ninety percent of it's there and it's just maybe they had a couple exuberant swings for the fences. I had similar problems at the end of season two of a little show called Breaking Bad where Vince Gilligan and company did what I thought was a shark jumping moment of building up suspense and mystery into a reveal that was just cosmically in my mind, stupid and breaking bad went on to recover and become one of the greatest shows of all time. So there is precedent in my mind for a real wrong turn, literally at Albuquerque and things still end up being okay. But whew, what about I, what? What do you think, Jim? Are you are you feeling any of this? Uh, yeah. So I didn't feel the same way about Breaking Bad, but I really do feel the same way about this. I think there were some big asks of me as a viewer in this episode to just go with them, and I don't know. I don't really want to just go with it. I want to be convinced that all the characters are doing things that I think they would do. Um, and it would actually work unless you're going to tell me next season the story of Walter tried this thing Matt didn't take the bait and it all came down on Walter's head I, I, I might believe that and then it all comes down on Misty's head and Shauna's head and everything and it just crumbles out from under them and they all end up going to jail I don't think that's the story they're telling though Um, I think they're trying to get me to believe that Walter has some master plan and Matt's going to take that bait and it's all going to work out for them. And this was the master stroke they needed. 
in order to get out from under this Adam situation that's been haunting them all season. I just don't know if I buy it. I also don't think I buy these adults falling so easily back into this hunt. I also don't know that I buy Nat's spiritual conversion as a teen. I there's there's so much here that is like big swings that is only tenuously set up and established and explained that I am really hard pressed to take any of it seriously. It feels like this show is leaning from what we would call prestige over to the pulp side significantly in this finale. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I, I, I do. So here's another possibility. There is another possibility that these women are all insane and none of this stuff is going to hold up the police scrutiny and they're all going to be in jail. But the adult timeline seems to be happening at a rate to where like the first entire season took place in like a week. I think this entire season takes place in a week. It takes a while, even when there's cut and dry evidence for the cops to show up a lot of times, unless they literally find you with a gun covered in blood at the scene of the body, you know, uh, it's going to take them a while to roll up with the bracelets, especially when you got an idiot like Matt running the show. So, like, it could be that these are all, we understand, fatal errors that are not going to hold up to scrutiny, but it's going to give us enough time for this thing to kind of drunkenly lurch from storyline to storyline in the adult. But, like, is... But but I guess it's like will that will actually that be satisfying to see, um like like I keep coming back to Lord of the Flies. This is one of my the touchstones. Like they want to be like a gender bent Lord of the Flies. To me, Lord of the Flies is not um, dominated by like is it a supernatural event? It's all a psychological like what happens when young boys get taken into woods with no supervision. Uh, they're all easily influenced and peer pressure and they all kind of still are thinking magically because they're on some levels children. Um, and I think that's like the yellow jackets is like, what if the survivors of the Lord of the flies, you know, had to continue to live mundane lives and what that looks like. And like, I could see that all just, you know, you think that they, they survive, you dodge the bullet, but you just can't like, it's not that they brought back the wilderness. It's just that they're complex emotional beings and they're not built to process this kind of crazy shit that happened to them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I think that's super intact, but I don't I, I increasingly am skeptical that this is what the audience wants. You know, the audience wants the wilderness to be real. The audience are all a bunch of fucking lotties, it seems to me. They want the wilderness to be real. They want it to be hungry. They want some kind of psychic evil force stalking these kids and these adults. And I just I just don't know what they were going to get it. And I don't know if it's if the, the most plausible plot forward seems to be just the women completely unraveling and maybe only one or two make it out intact, although they're all complicit. Um and, and and again, I just I just don't know if that is going to be something that's super satisfying. And it, I don't see any other not you know plausible way forward because as you pointed out, there's just there's just so much, so mm-hmm. much that the police have to go off of. Um, yeah, and, and you have to believe if if you want to say, well, this can't all be fixed, and you have to believe that Walter is some kind of super hacker. And he's completely untraceable, that. able to plant evidence wherever, whenever against police. I mean, it's it's small town police. 
Yeah, yeah, I suppose so, but I mean, this isn't in Manhattan. This is in Wishkatoshki talk or whatever. I don't know what the, but I, I, I think I mean, the thing that is, I don't see it. I, I, I don't see the way to make the Kevin connection unless I, I mean, unless he has access to like Misty's nanny cam where he and now are sleeping together and there's some kind of like conspiracy there they could pin on Nat now that she's dead but that I I don't know I don't know man that seems is there real life so like you know we watched uh uh, god what was that movie called or that show called um the the taken backer corners uh it was the last uh, oh we own the city we own the city thank you so we own the city introduced this plot line late and this is all based on a true story um late in the season where one detective um maybe commits suicide to uh shield himself from a, a corrupt a corruption scandal investigation maybe get shot by nebulous bad guys and I think the show definitely puts its thumb a little bit on one side, but in real life, you know, there's a, there's a, there's a certain way the official narrative goes and it's this guy committed suicide, uh, try to make it look like he died in the line of duty to shield his family from a whole line of shit. Well, but he shot multiple times with Matt's gun. So good luck with suicide. Well, I'm just trying. I, what I'm saying is, like in real life, there are still a whole bunch of people that are carrying the candle for the fact that this is not just uh, what he wasn't just slain in the line of duty, but actually, this is a police cover up. That this the detective was the only righteous one on the four, and like people are are still to this day, like I think almost going on ten years later, spun up about it. And that was in Baltimore versus some small town. Like I. I, I just don't want to count them out to say that they cannot tell a story of like, you know, this town's institutions being fucked up to the point where a guy like Walter could get in there. Cause like I, I would, the one thing I was shocked that everyone's like, Oh, we're supposed to believe that Walter is a, a criminal, uh, hacker mastermind. I'm like, yeah, I do feel like they did tell that part of the story. All right. Like he's able to mm-hmm. hack into, uh financial records bank records uh closed circuit tv thing like like with impunity and he calls himself moriarty like and he's rich he's super fucking wealthy like i do think we're supposed to understand that he is a very talented and sophisticated hacker someone who could buffalo a small town police department so like that's not super hard for me to believe it's just all, like like the, just just all the other stuff it's just like there's so like something bad happened here and there's no way there's three completely mm-hmm. unrelated like homicide slash mental breaks going on here that even a, a small town police department is going to be like what the and it looked like there was a sheriff's department there too because this isn't you know you're you're, you're I, you didn't cross a state line but you definitely can't cross county lines and I, I don't know it's a cult that's going to get more scrutiny Mm-hmm. yeah I don't know it all adds up to something that's kind of hard to believe uh, and and that's the thing like when you look at a show like Breaking Bad and you want to make comparisons never did I feel like the character motivations were in question they always had a solid just like a rock solid foundation for the characters making the choices they made in this show I feel like their slip back into the hunt was way too fast 
uh, and it, it didn't make sense for a lot of the characters there to be going along with this. Okay, so I yeah I continue to echo everything I said last uh, podcast that this feels like a weird pacing issue that this is a weird nine episode season. Have you seen the conspiracy theory that there is a bonus episode yet to come? Uh, okay, that's interesting. So before the season aired, there was some behind the scenes kind of footage and press reporting that Jason Ritter which is the real-life husband of, I think, um, Shauna, uh, Melanie Linsky, and that he was going to be doing... He he had filmed scenes that he was acting in Yellow Jackets. Like, they had, like, uh, you know, still shots from the set of him being in... And the rumor was that he was going to be playing the man in the cabin, you know, the spirit that Jackie saw, quote-unquote. Well, we watched all of season two now, and he didn't show up. And we got this weird nine episode. There's there's people thinking that there's going to be a bonus episode that's entirely in the previous, prior to the Yellow Jackets timeline of whoever was in this cabin, whoever built this cabin, whoever last stayed in this cabin. Um, do you think there's something to that, or is this massive cope uh, by a grieving television audience that doesn't want to accept that the showrunners got cold feet that they're given too many answers and they cut an entire plot line and might maybe hobbled an entire season just because they were weirdly rushing this thing to market i what what, what do you think about yeah I, I think that's absolutely wishful thinking i i don't think that's how tv gets made um and I look which, back wait, at wait, the which season. Which part is wishful thinking that there's a whole bonus episode, or that mm-hmm. they cut an entire plot line that might have? No, made there's some a whole bonus stuff. episode. I, there's no okay. way they're going to air another episode uh, after they've already ended the season. Uh, th- that's so, so. I look back at some of the plot lines and how messy they are, and I say, well, they had the chance to fix that by leaving the scenes in. Like the the one that uh, really strikes me is what we talked about with the ritual kind of developing out of nowhere, they, right? They, like they, everybody the, seems the, to know the, the queens are the thing. And like, yeah, we don't get yeah, to see yeah. that scene. They filmed that scene. They never showed it. Are they planning on like going back and jumping through little things like that with this final episode? Did they hold that back? And what purpose would that serve? I, yeah, the, the secret episode thing, I think is a non-starter for me. Although it would say, I will say that I have been saying for a long, long time that I wish that there was Christmas episodes of my favorite television shows. And I could almost see some fucked up Christmas episode taking place in the winter, the first winter of the Yellow Jackets or a Christmas episode about the ghosts of Christmas past. Having Uh said that, like, do you buy this as a theory that this was kind of a messy fucking show and they cut Mm -hmm. enough out of enough episodes, including Jason Ritter's uh, cabin boy uh, (laughs) cameo and the women debating how they're going to do the ceremony and all that stuff that essentially an entire episode got cut out and they had to recut a whole bunch of stuff to uh, that sounds way more like the way TV is made. Well, it is unusual to cut enough that you actually were supposed to do 10 episodes and ended up with nine. Sure. Uh, but cutting things out that aren't working for whatever yeah, reason is yeah. is 100% the way TV's made. Have it, is keeping an episode secret is not the way TV is done. But they could be changing the game. I don't know. 
Yeah, I don't. I don't buy that. There's a special, very special Christmas episode or a midsummer episode or anything like that. I do think that they did this. This feel, especially the back half of this season, felt like there was entire things missing, and we now know that there are were entire things missing that were mm-hmm. filmed and were storyboarded and written and, like I said, filmed and all that, and and didn't make it in. And I think that the show feels a little half baked as a result of that. Just everything happened a little bit quicker, and the stuff that works was cut is bizarre to me because it feels like exactly the kind of things we're saying felt like it was missing. So, like, mm-hmm. I-, I wonder, did they cut it just because they're like, whoa, 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 we're giving way too many answers way too quick, and we don't want to handcuff ourselves that much? Or was it just like, because it's hard for me to believe that putting that stuff intact would make it a worse product because that's the other possibility is that it's like this is stupid. Like we came up with answers, but the answers are dumb. So we want to <laughs> erase them and come up. We'll give us ourselves another year to get the girls out of jail, to get the girls doing some kind of crazy occult stuff that makes sense. See what the penalty for refusing the draw is. We'll just rethink all this stuff. We'll have a whole other year. Hell, we got a writer strike shut down so we can even spit, go in our corners and spit all more ideas. That feels like what's happened. It just is a shitty, I think, a shitty answer to people hoping that season two is going to be more the, the same as season one. Because you're right. At this point, like, I feel this is one of our first test cases of us reevaluating Pulp and Prestige to be more of, like, the um, the seriousness of the matter rather than, like, the, the form of it. Like, okay, if you have robots in space and zombie, but it's taken deadly serious um like the last of us that can be prestige uh i i this, this has one of the first test cases of that i feel like this was a big big l because this this show mm-hmm. really swung wildly into pulp territory yeah yeah i'm with you we need to get into the recap we've got i uh, guess so a lot to talk about here the wilderness is the space between the ads we'll be right back We're getting geared up for the 6th Annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints. Except, it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, (laughs) now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. 
The thrills of King's Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. Don't freeze to death. Come back to our coverage of Yellow Jackets. Let's start in 1996. The group brings Javi's uh, body back to the cabin, and Travis is devastated. I'd like to stay for the record that Javi was froze giving bombastic side eye to everyone did you notice that that his oh i didn't know <laughs> the 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 look at his face was was like really uh yeah if i freeze to death i'll probably make a silly face so it sticks you... that way <laughs> that's what my last i hope my last dying thoughts if i'm freezing in the wilderness is i want to go with the most grotesque i want to try to outdo jack nicholson in the shining Mm-hmm. I want mm-hmm. rivlets of snot and tears coming out of my eye, but I also paradoxically want to have a goofy expression. Uh, all good notes. Yeah. N- none of us have a hope of outdoing Jack Nicholson in that department, but we can try. <laughs> we can wish. We can try. We can try. Um, I, it's it's a bonker scene, like Travis turning around and seeing Nat and being excited, and then his brother strung up like a, you know, like a Han Solo on Indoor. Mm-hmm. Uh it's it, I, I always think it's fucked up when you see people strung up like game, you know? Oh, yeah. And this was in the preview. I, it's, it's amazing that they waited till the very end of the season to get to this. Um, And they did a great job of hiding who it was, right? They show basically the bottom of a shoe uh, in sure. that preview shot. And mm-hmm. it's the same shot here. And now that we know it's Javi, it's like, oh, of course. Of course but uh yeah pretty fucked up and th- that's the thing i like about this episode i guess is how fucked up it kind of gets and uh this is the beginning of it yeah yeah do you you mentioned like how fast people moved and changed sides what did you think of natalie you know she's the one that explains what happened. It wasn't like Misty running forward and saying a bunch of mess. It was her being like, uh, it happened so fast, which made me think that she was going to go with a mud, but then she goes with the wilderness chose. Yeah. Kind of weird for that. I think, um, there, there was nothing particularly wildernessy about the way that Travis or the way that Javi died. In my opinion, like he fell through some ice froze to death because you didn't save him. That's not very wildernessy. That's more Nat made a rational choice given the circumstances to save her own life. I feel like team rational nation rationality has gotten a real shot in the arm the last two episodes because it does seem like the simplest explanation is becoming that these girls are using the wilderness to excuse the things that they're trying to do to survive. We saw mm-hmm. like Nat just did it in real time. Nat didn't believe the fucking wilderness chose shit. She definitely felt a personal responsibility for allowing this crazy thing to happen. And now she's coming back and being like, oh, it's the wilderness that did it because she can't. She, she can't own up to the fact that she let Javi die. And she knows Travis will buy it because he's down deep with the sickness. Mm hmm. So is she by the end of the episode, which it's one of the things that's hard to understand, but 
we'll get there. Yeah. I've I have some th- some ideas about it though. Okay. Uh, let's go to the current day where Shauna decides to play along with Lottie's insanity to buy them some time by suggesting that they give the wilderness a hunt because that's what it wants. And Lottie clears the woods of her followers. Um, there, there are also like once Lottie leaves, they talk about having her committed, and Nat thinks that's a the whole thing is a bad idea. I agree. Yeah. I, you know, like it's uh, when when the scene started, I'm like, oh, my God, the show is just like going to jump the shark because like everybody's going to be like, yeah, hunt. Oh, God, it's been 25 years. Oh, it'll be so much fun. And then like as soon as they get Lottie out of the room, it's revealed that like this was all just a ploy to buy time and discuss and like, OK, this this is this made a lot of sense. It's tracking, you know, and everyone's like, what the fuck, Shauna? Uh, you know, they're, they're pretty violently opposed to this, which does not jive with what i see later in the episode so i watched this episode three times because i and and because i want to give particular interest after i saw the first and it's like okay what because because this all hinges on van van is the the fulcrum Mm -hmm. where the girl the women go from like let's humor lottie and get a psych team down here to take her down and take her back to switzerland to like Actually, you know what, Hunt? Not a bad, not the worst idea we've heard. There is nothing in Van's look or mean during these scenes that suggests that she's actually thinking this is a because she is like, what the fuck with everyone else? Mm-hmm. And like, completely, it doesn't really change until she puts Ty up to the phone call. And I guess. <sighs> I, is that fair? Because like Van was one of the earliest converts. Like I thought this at the end of last mm-hmm. season that like, okay, I see miss. So I, the, one of the last scenes we saw last season was Lottie at the altar offering worship and her two acolytes, Misty and Van were there. Misty made a lot of sense, but Van is like, what the fuck? She came out of nowhere, but she has always been like one of the earliest committed uh, lieutenants of Lottie do you think that she is desperate enough to find a cure now that she might have tasted a little bit of happiness with Ty that she would just give in? She would just instantly start believing in the wilderness again. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think they really slow played and then fast played this stuff a little too much there. They, they really had me thinking that van, was kind of over this shit. The, the only thing that makes me think that Van might have been on board with this hunt as an adult is the way she looks at Lottie when she first arrives at this compound. She's like, if you remember, oh, she walks God. up and she, right. like, her mouth agapes, shocked in, to in, see in, Lottie. In, 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 but also like some enrapturement too. Uh-huh, yeah, having some spiritual experience there. But then they play it the rest of the time. Like, she couldn't give a shit about any of this. Like, she's yeah. she's here. Like, the only reason she sat down... Actually, I don't even know why she sat down here. I Like, she saw Lottie and something happened. But then every moment from then on, she's just like, whatever. This. Why yeah, am I she here? Tr- she treated the chores as a joke. She was the first one to kind of, like, suggest kind of like, oh, it's just do booze and drink and slosh it up. But, like, I... I, I don't I don't know because there's also the van wanting to believe that she lived for a reason and the fact that she got this cancer mm-hmm. uh, 
was a kick in the teeth, like the ultimate of like, why the fuck did all that we go through all this? Something's got to make sense. And turning to her weird religion might explain all that. Well, they're using just, the 1996 timeline as too much of a crutch here, I think. They need I, to be explaining yes. to me in both timelines why she's having this conversion. And I don't think not wanting to commit Lottie is enough of a reason to want to hunt Shauna. Can I say that I felt like there was a conversation between Ty and Van that was missing in this episode? Yeah, Ty has a conversion that I don't buy either. Like, that's what I mean. Everybody well, the, here Ty's is always got dark Ty to lean that you can be like, oh, well, she's, oh, you know, dark Ty slipping over, in. Sure. Ex- exactly. Um, whereas Van's always seemed to be, you know, like maybe she leans on the religion and all that, but she's never been one to be like in this episode. She's like, you want me to feel guilty for what? For being alive? I don't feel guilty for being alive. Mm-hmm. I don't wish I was dead and the other person is alive. I'm happy that I'm alive. Um, I, I just wish that they, you, you're right. I think they are using the 1996 plot line as a bit of a crutch to that you're supposed to assume. But like, I don't know that that's now that I say, it, does that, does that seem unfair from a creator's perspective to be like, well, Hey, I'm, we're telling you something about these girls in 96 that you're supposed to apply to the women in 2019 or whatever, 2020. <sighs> Well, but but then you look at Van the rest of the time as an adult, and I don't see that girl, right? I don't see yeah, that teenager. I see a completely of... different woman. Right. So now you have to tell. Now you have to get me there as an adult too, and you can use the the things we know about her as a teenager to do it. But you also have to do it. You can't just say she was a teen like this. So maybe she might be that still. What if the showrunners came back and said, well, we're telling you about these metaphors of the mask. You're supposed to understand that Van has wore the civilized mask for 25 years. And now between the cancer and the crazy coincidence of all of these women being together and just in this and, you know, that she has she's she's redawning her wilderness mask or taking off her civilization mask. That's fine. Tell me that story. I don't think they did. They told me a story of someone who was concerned for yeah, their friend I, and didn't want to commit them. Like, they like, didn't tell me the story of somebody who was excited to get back into the hunt. <laughs> yeah, like I, I agree. Like there's some there's some people that uh, you see a scene like a, if there's a person that gives a person a rifle and it's like, here's a gun. Defend this thing with the gun. You're like, OK, it's got a rifle, all that stuff. What if you saw the person conspicuously handing the character a, a, the pieces to a rifle? It's like been field stripped. It's all all the springs and firing pins are all just it's just in a, it's like here take this gun and defend it and the next scene you saw them shooting it now you could get there and be like well maybe that person was in the military and they knew how to field strip a rifle and they're able to put it back together and all that kind of like but like do i give the creator credit for just showing the pieces and then the final thing or do i actually want to see like the person being like oh i yeah this reminds me of being in boot camp and they put the simple i I don't know. I don't, I don't like because like I'm a big proponent of like showing, not telling, and don't hold the list the the viewer's hand. But like it does feel like a bit of creative malpractice to leave that many dots for people to connect. Yeah, that's how I felt about it for yeah. sure. All right, um, I'm just trying to get because I'm trying to go. I'm trying to give the arguments I'm seeing for people that are like. Because, because like a lot of times, what I'm getting is like, well, you don't, you're, you don't appreciate patient storytelling, and you don't know how to, you, you don't know how to interpret media, and your media literacy is low. And I'm like, I flatter myself to think that that's not true in my case. Like, I don't get everything, sure, but I'm pretty game to get stuff, and I just, I feel like this mm-hmm. is. 
I don't know. It's it's definitely off the sweet spot of hand holding versus fuck you, find your own map, you know? Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of stuff in this finale that's disjointed and it's a problem. Also, problem. that's the other thing is I don't this doesn't feel like a creative technique. It feels like just stuff that's missing in Slapdash. So Yeah. 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 Um and, and that's speaking of the person who's maybe the most likely to go along with this now I will say we don't know a ton about what transpires between Nat being made queen of the yellow jackets and them being rescued mm-hmm. so maybe the Nat stuff will make a lot more sense in retrospect but well, Nat there's... is gung ho about this too and I don't get that at all the one thing that I keep in mind is multiple yellow jackets have attributed their survival to Nat. Like we wouldn't have got through that second winter without Nat. Oh, without Nat's leadership, we wouldn't that that's one of the reason that they're so generous. Like Misty follows Nat especially and like looks after her. The reason Ty paid for her rehab. Like they feel uniquely indebted to Nat. And now that we see she's become the antler queen, quote unquote, whatever, like that makes a lot of more more sense. But clearly there is some things that she's going to do that get her a, a, a fair amount of appreciation on into these women's adulthood. So I am curious mm-hmm. to see like what Nat looks like as the leader because she's an unlikely choice. I've got it with Shauna. The most unlikely. Although, although I didn't think Shauna was the likely choice either, but uh, we'll, we'll talk about that. I guess when we get there. All right, let's uh, go back to 1996 where Misty tells Lottie that they did some crazy ritual and the wilderness chose Javi. Lottie says she never wanted this to happen. Misty tells her, look, you started this and get with the program. And then she goes downstairs and tells the others that Lottie is pleased. Here again, I feel like us uh, team rationals eating well because this is a clear case of like the person who listens to the wilderness most saying this is fucked up and someone else just rewriting reality. Misty being Mm -hmm. like, well, this is the way it is now because why who the fuck appointed misty to be head of anything like is no, she the shadow is of her queen? though um I, n- nobody appointed her certainly uh they've all asked her to kind of be there when they can't handle things and i think she's done a great job with that um it, you know leaving aside all the horrible things she's done uh, this is probably the most rational and reasonable thing to do in this situation is look, you've, you've talked these people into making this horrible decision to save their lives. Don't go making them feel bad about it. That's right on. That's absolutely right on. Lottie can't come downstairs and be like, you're all heretics. You did a horrible thing. You shouldn't have killed Javi. Oh my God. What are you eating? She can't do that because you know, she brought them to this place. Did Lottie intentionally pick Nat because she knows Nat is the one that doesn't believe it. And she was hoping that that would, you know, edge things. Cause if she makes Misty the leader, that's clearly the worst that's, choice one could make. She yeah, sees a dark, totally. t- the tie has the dark, like she's doing sleepwalking, crazy shit. Uh, Van went along with this weight. Like she's like by process of an elimination, Mm-hmm. Uh, Shauna almost killed me last episode. It can't be her. Uh, by process, she did. They just end up with Nat because I, I did wonder if she was trying to put the brakes on this by selecting Nat. It, that's what it feels like, right? But mm-hmm. unfortunately, 
in the exact the same way that we thought it would work with 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 Shauna, where it's like, well, she will like like Lottie subconsciously knows the right way to manipulate people or the right leverage. Uh, giving all of this responsibility and a power to Natalie is the thing that will co-opt her. Mm-hmm. And again, I, I, at this point, I think Lottie's trying to pump the brakes, but like it's too far gone. The they're, 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 the brakes yeah. are gone. No one can operate them, and and somehow it's going to suck Nat in too. Yeah, I, I can't tell how much of it is Lottie actively like trying to pump the brakes, and how much is her genuinely not feeling the connection to the wilderness anymore like she doesn't understand what's going on she yeah if she's like thinking oh, i didn't mean for any of this to happen she might just have lost her connection to it either temporarily or yeah. whatever but well a lot it's of hard to also say. a lot of mental illness kind of comes and goes in waves it's not like you are you know at an 11 all the time you kind of like wax and wane with like your body chemistry and natural cycles especially like things like bipolar and whatnot uh mm-hmm. i wonder if this is just like lottie coming out of one of these deliriums religious fervors schizophrenic breaks whatever it is and she's like thinking better of it you know yeah could be um but like tomorrow she might be full on, you know, antler queen again. Yeah. She might also be just trying to absolve herself of the guilt and responsibility of right. Like getting like more mis- of them killed, eating yeah. more of them. Yeah. Yeah. When she says, I thought it would wanted what's best. That could be her obliquely referring to herself in the third person. Like I was just wanting the yeah. best and like, Oh my God, look, I was, yeah. And, yeah. And I yeah, guess she had no like part we, in developing these rituals, right? It was all the other right, girls. So. Right. And she was horrified by it. And then Misty comes and, you know, as the mouth of God says the opposite, she's pleased and she's glad the, the wilderness chose this and all that. It's I, I was really hoping that they'd keep Lottie bedridden for a while longer because I love that idea that Misty would be the mouthpiece. The, the what is it, Rita for the Rajnishi Cult oh, or are, you talking, are you talking about the batshit valley documentary uh-huh. now yeah uh-huh. that's exactly like, what i thought too yeah she could totally be the rita i would have loved that but they kind of uh-huh. just like play that card and then move on and that could have been fun for an episode or two yeah yeah again pacing pacing yeah uh so shauna gets to the gruesome work of chopping up hobby she has to cover her eyes to do it we get a lot more bad fake snow my god it's so bad um this is interesting they they shauna has to cover her eyes in order to cut up javi i don't know how that really helps because she's like feeling him up looking for the the jugular yeah if you told javi before this trip hey dude you're gonna get the third you're gonna get the second base with the girl You'd be happy until you found out that here's the thing. You're going to be a corpse and the woman's going to be touching your breasts. <laughs> yeah. And about to cut uh, you open. Yeah. yeah. And about to gut you like uh, a fucking Christmas goose. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, they, this table is not meant to accommodate hobby. I don't know. He's grown so much apparently in the off season right. that the table won't right. fit. In. Is it, this must be why they call it long pork, right? Cause it won't fit on the butchering table. <laughs> Right, the the way the legs, yeah, they don't tuck up underneath like you like you want them to. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
It uh, I I will I got I will praise the show's sound design again because man the choral vocals they use in these scenes where the wilderness is like influencing or you know like uh, Sean is channeling the force to efficiently butcher this kid is just is really unsettling like this is gruesome crazy visuals and the audio the audio team definitely matches it like they go like the foley people are going for broke the orchestra the 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 yeah musicians are going for broke it's it, it's really effective mm-hmm. um nat gives javi a little modesty too throws a towel over his crotch i thought that was interesting yeah it, it makes it's sense a, it shows but, like there's like some vestige of like propriety that they're you know like Nat's trying to maintain, mm-hmm. which will be interesting with her being the leader. That's especially when they damn. use it in a soup later too. Like, yeah, you're really that worried about modesty when you're, I don't know, <laughs> cooking soup. it up in a pot. Yeah, um, yeah. I I just man, I keep on every time I keep coming back to thinking that Nat is potentially the leader during the craziest of the Antler Queen shit. It, I, my brain kind of blue screens because it's hard. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me to swallow that the most rational of them. But I, I keep remembering they're all 17 or 18. I'm thinking if there's 17 or 18 of like me and my friend group out in the woods, like hardly none of us believe in ghosts at the beginning. But like if we we're stuck there. Like, I don't know, maybe like like kids are really susceptible and they do. They you know, they're they're only a couple years removed from the completely magical thinking of youth. It might be easy to get them back on the. I, I'm I'm trying to give the show as much benefit as a doubt as I can, but <laughs> mm-hmm. it's really hard for me. Just like I'm like Coach Ben, like oh God, not you too, Natalie. Yeah, and and I'm mostly with it there. I think the the Nat stuff could get interesting, and I could see it certainly. Uh, they're all starving, right? That's always a a part of it. So yeah, I guess we'll just see where they go with it, but uh, it's okay so far. Uh, let's go back to the current day. Misty sneaks into Lottie's office and finds her meds. Well, Lottie's meds and her phone. Um, Walter sneaks in and finds her there, and he says, I'm here to help. And this scene, Makes... most mostly it sets Walter's arrival, mm-hmm. but it also sets how Lisa gets the gun because she forces the slack open, which is broken, which Lottie will note with amusement later on. And... Yeah, Lisa ends up with it. Uh, Yeah, and I'm super excited when Walter shows up because Walter is maybe the best part of this entire episode for me. He might be threatening to be the best part of the season. <laughs> he could, yeah. Especially he's, him he's, and Misty together. That's always great. It's been a lot of fun. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Van and Ty make masks for the hunt. Van tries to convince Ty that Lottie isn't sick and that they can help her rather than have her committed. Um, I, I think there's a pretty strong argument from Van that works eh, almost exclusively on Ty. Um, I was about to say. Yeah, would it help for you to be locked up, you know? Yeah. Of course, Ty has to say, no, I don't want to be locked up. Well, that's exactly how Lottie feels, I'm sure. That's the interesting thing about Ty is she plays her adult Ty plays like God damn can you believe how crazy Lottie is when mm-hmm. she is the sleepwalking demon possessed uh, animal sacrificing per- like I-, I think it's a very effective for 
for Van to turn that back around on her. Like, well, and if, I'm with if Van here. Lottie like, needs help, then you do too. And what is, do you need? Yeah. Do you need to be locked up in a fucking institution? Is but that what still help no, looks like for you? There's still no evidence that Van is down with the woo-woo. No. And even this scene, because I'm scrutinizing everyone. It's like, when do you change? When do you mm-hmm. change? When does this all come around? And I get wanting to help your friend by some other means than locking them up. That's cool. I, I have no problem with Van not wanting to lock up Lottie. Yeah, it's like, yeah, because like, you know, we all are aware of what happens on, you know, psych emergency calls. And it just seems like it's a bad deal. And if you could, if there's at all way you could avoid throwing your friend through into the system and perhaps having mm-hmm. sh- police sh- show up and shoot them, you'd want to do that. Right. But yeah. especially with what they've shown us of Lottie's time in there, you know, the glimpses we've gotten have been yeah. pretty bad. Yeah, and they these women all do have a bond and they do care for each other. Even the even you know to some extent, Misty you know is mm-hmm. the most odd one out, but they all value it. They she, they they do call her when they need her. You know. Yeah, totally. Uh, the other yellow jackets are preparing the deck of cards, and Shauna is dulling the knives. Which I don't know how that helps you like it's weird shauna is preparing for i don't know i guess shauna is trying to protect lottie in this scene but i i don't know how i guess it just buys you more time right like you can go further into the ritual without actually completing it yeah, I, that's what I got is that, that there's a really nebulous about like how long is it going to take until these people show up and, you know, uh, if if they do show up and it becomes clear the Lottie, they're going to take her. Is she going to try to grab a knife and do something crazy? Like, let's just let's just blunt every knife and try to get and it, it hilariously kind of backfires because Lottie, of course, brings her own fucking Rambo knife to the proceeding <laughs> that I, I I'm I'm pretty sure is not blunted. But I, it, it feels like it feels like you know, like Shauna seems like she's a planner. It just feels like a plan that she would do. Yeah. Yeah. The thing is, they could have an infinite amount of time if they just said, "We're not doing this." Well, you know, but like Shauna comes up with this improvised plan to not to, to not even make Lottie feel like she's crazy. I guess. I think I think it's because they're worried that Lottie will hurt herself. Because like Lottie was this close, like I think it's it's important to remember uh-huh. the reason that Shauna blurted out, "Let's just give her the hunt." Is like that the Lottie had picked up a glass and was about to swig it. Mm-hmm. Uh, there were so four like, of them and one Lottie. I would think they could just call the authorities and sit with her until they got there. Right, they but don't then, have like, to pretend to be doing a ritual, right? Like that's the no, other thing. No, I, I, I guess it's like you got you got Lottie in a full blown psychotic break. Would you rather channel her injury in her energy into something that, um, you feel like you can control and it's her idea and she's going to be happy to do it, or do you want to like cause a whole bunch of static and have her act out or get violent and have to hurt her or maybe she hurts herself or others? Like I, I, I feel like look, it's insane, but it's like one of the more defensible things to kind of like go with the flow especially given these women's backgrounds you know hmm I don't know yeah maybe maybe if you really just like don't want to hurt your friend's feelings until the authorities show up and take her away I'm not talking about her feelings dude I'm talking about her body like if she goes batshit mm-hmm. and starts like swinging and yelling and screaming or trying to get she, she has access to drugs maybe they don't know about like I think they're worried about her hurting herself 
And but then they totally the abandoned her. Like Nat and and Shauna are over here doing their own thing, prepping. She could be out there doing God knows what. Well, but I, why would she? Because she's doing what she she's. All our friends are busy getting ready for the hunt and the ritual, which is what she really de- de- desperately. I, I don't like. I said, yeah. It's iffy. I think it's iffy, but like you know, it might have been better if all choose. four of them gang gang rushed her, wrapped her up in a car, a blanket, and stuck her in a closet until the psych team. But then also, like, what do you do with the cult? Like, does the purple people rise against you if you start doing that? <laughs> okay, yeah. Because that's the other they, thing. They attack you with jars of honey and I don't know clover. That's when she off she she executes Order sixty six the kill code. She's mm-hmm. she's carefully conditioned them over the last five years to, yeah, I don't know, release the bees and go in anaphylactic shock. I, I don't know, I don't know, but I, I feel like it's one of the more defensible crazy shit to happen in this episode. All right, uh, Jeff Callery in the car driving to the compound. They talk about um, some. I, I don't know. I get the feeling that Callie has suggested that they go on the run, and Jeff is saying why that's a bad idea, running it down. Uh, he inadvertently tells Callie about the gun in the glove box, and they pull up to the gate and are confronted by the purple people. They decide, oh, let's find another way in, and they drive off as Kevin and Matt arrive, having followed them there. I really enjoyed how quickly Callie figured out exactly where the gun was in its disposition. Mm-hmm. Because like Jeff is just a fucking idiot that, that goes with the first thing he thinks of at all times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're going there. I I kind of think you would maybe want to bring a gun with you, but you also want to keep it hidden. Um, yeah, it's a pretty obvious place though. Why the fuck does Jeff Google himself? He works for like an Ashley's Furniture in a small town in New, New Jersey. What was he expecting here? I assume it's vanity. I mean, what? Right. I, I but don't like, know. like I, I understand why like celebrities Google themselves or politicians Google themselves. But if you're just like a washed up second string quarterback from high school that sells used furniture, why the fuck would you think that anyone is talking about you? He's probably got like a lot of nudes out there. <laughs> That he's just making sure have not gone wide yet. Okay. Jeff's got a lot of nudes. Mr. A lot of nudes. Strawberry yeah. Lube is just uh, slinging a schlong everywhere. Yeah. Well, maybe he didn't take them, you know? Oh, God. Maybe they the covert nudes. I don't know. <laughs> maybe maybe every few months, Shauna hunts him in the pale moonlight. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She really likes stressing him up like a deer and taking pictures of him naked. He doesn't I mean, get you don't it, stay you in know. that kind of shape if you're not taking nudes. Come on. <laughs> right? I guess. I guess. I'm just thinking, like, the, I just think these sad Google search sessions were like, you know, Jeff, like, he, he spent weeks putting it off, putting off the, the curiosity, fighting off the hunger, and then he goes in zero results. You know? Oh, no, he's hoping the nudes will get out there. He's looking for his big break. <laughs> yeah. He is, he's too much of a chicken to go uh, make the break happen himself. I think Jeff's just in disbelief he survived to the end of this season. I really, you know, mm-hmm. I, this, this, when they were slicing that cucumber, I'm like, you're done. You're done, <laughs> Jeff. And here, look at you. Look at you. Made, made it to the presumed third season. Uh, Nat tells Lisa to leave the compound tonight and thanks her for everything she's done for her. Uh, forgiveness. It's a nice idea. 
It's the, uh, this the is not part. how you get a person to leave. Nope. nope. You come in raving about, you've got to get out of here. I can't tell you what, but something's coming. Mm-hmm. And it's unforgivable because I also want to talk weirdly about forgiveness and how it's a failed lesson and I couldn't learn it. And it's it's like, come on, oh God. It, what is that getting at here exactly? I'm not sure. Has she decided at this point she's going to go through with this ritual? And if so, why? <sighs> yeah, why is she giving War Elisa an extra special warning? to like get out because something is bad like you're right this implies that nat has kind of already decided to make it real and things are gonna get fucked up maybe or it might imply that but i, I you guess know, if, if lottie is hauled away tonight the mm-hmm. cult is going to crumble and she wants to give her a, a way forward right like you don't need these people but, it's one thing what's... to be to, to decide oh. you don't need the cult. It's another thing for the cult to crumble out from underneath you and leave you in the lurch. Is there any way to say that? Be- like, I feel like that's better off just oh, having a regular totally. conversation being like, you know, I know I haven't let, uh, I haven't, you know, I haven't known you very long, but you strike me as a really strong, capable woman. And, you know, you probably doesn't feel that way because your mom and dad browbeat your whole life. But, you know, you're and just like rather than go up and, you know, like you just seen a ghost and. And, and talking all this mess because this is designed this is designed to make a person freak out and overreact yeah and that's mine she thinks she's setting lisa free here but what she's really doing is yeah causing her to be very curious and suspicious yeah so i don't know um i, I don't know what's going through nat's head here honestly uh but i will say that julia lewis is nailing the young nat vibe in this scene like the way she says it's a nice idea. It like I'm I'm feel like I'm seeing the teenage version of her on screen. Agreed. Uh, then we go back to '96, where Coach arrives back at the cabin. He's excited uh, about the fresh meat that Shauna is cutting up. Until he realizes it's Javi, he turns to leave. He runs into teenage Nat. Coach tells Nat that he knows where Javi was hiding, and invites her to go hide there with him. But Nat says, ah, I'm a horrible person, but you're not, and you don't belong here. I I think it's funny that we said that uh, Coach is going to return to the cabin like Donald Glover in Community. Mm -hmm. And we were exactly right, except for the surprise twist is Donald Glover is the one who set the apartment on fire. Uh, yeah. I, I I loved how Coach Ben played this. Like he walks into clearing and like he sees all this meat and he just can't like it's a kid on Christmas morning. Like, oh, my God, you guys found a deer or something. And he's like staggering forward, just like, oh, I can eat. I, and then he sees the stack of little boy clothes mm-hmm. and like, oh, fuck. it's it's a really it's a really great performance. And then Haunted Nat comes up. And he's like, oh, Jesus Christ, you're the only sane one. Let's go and subsist in our magical steam vent. And Turns she's out, like, no, I'm the worst. Here. I'm the worst one there is, coach. And it's mm-hmm. uh, it's unhinged. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if he had been a little bit quicker, I guess, about discovering the hideout, they probably could have gotten away together. Yeah. But uh, of course, this is not going to go well for him, right? The wilderness, obviously, we'll see later. The wilderness is not going to provide for him the way that it did Javi. Yeah, I'm I'm working on this new th- this theory that um, 
the cabin guy was the lone survivor of another like um crazy mm-hmm. kind of uh, dwindling survival thing um and like the coach is going to be the cabin guy for this generation except for maybe the girls get reser you know like uh but but the cabin's burnt down now mm-hmm. so he can't be the cabin guy he's the anti-cabin guy Oh, he's anti-cabin for sure. <laughs> you can't get much more anti-cabin <laughs> than this. You can't really. Burn it down. This cabin is a corrupt system. Unless he was attacking the concept of cabins directly. Yeah, yeah. I don't know how you get more anti-cabin. Let me ask you this. When do you think he got the idea to burn the cabin down? Because I have a cl- I I think the show gives gives us that information. Yeah, I think it's when he sees Nat being appointed the new leader. Yeah, I think he came to that cabin just to steal an axe and some matches. But when he saw Nat, like, you know, yeah. being not just, yeah, like at the center of this crazy shit, it it uh, it broke him. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Travis is feeling pretty awful about his brother's death, but Van says, hey, man, we're just surviving. We're JSSing out here. Uh, she tells Travis to let Javi save him by eating his body. Yeah, I thought it's interesting. We we talked about how the the young Nat, old Nat are like mirroring each other. I thought this was a a weird reverse that the uh, the younger Nat or the younger Van did an uncanny job of channeling Lauren Ambrose when she's like, "I don't feel guilt. I'm glad I'm alive. Let your brother save you." Like that seemed like is an eerily similar performance that you're getting from the older van. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah. And again, like the van stuff kind of sort of tracks because I thought she converted out of nowhere last year too. You know, she miraculously survived the wolves, I guess, and miraculously healed her face. But, you know, I, I wouldn't have put her on the top two yellow jackets to be kneeling at an altar at the end of season one list. She'd have been mm-hmm. towards the bottom of that list. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let's go to the current day. Uh, maybe my favorite scene of the whole episode. Uh, Kevin finds Walter cooking in the kitchen. Walter fawns over the detective a bit and makes him some tea, claiming he's been tracking this coven of criminals. Um yeah, man. Elijah Wood is just so good in this scene. He's so good. And it works like a lot of people are like, why would this detective drink, uh, take a hot cocoa from? And I'm like, I don't think you, I don't think you're aware of just how non threatened Kevin was uh-huh. by Walter in this situation. He's completely disarming, right? Completely disarming. He's offering a hot cocoa. Like, there's nothing, like, yeah. Like, he, he's as good as at this as Mags Bennett. Yes. Yeah. From Justified. Yeah. Yeah. He's she's got the hot apple pie. The the the, mm. the, the apple pie. He's got the hot cocoa. But they uh-huh. are very good at slipping the knife in where you don't even feel it. And uh, I I think I think you're like you're an insane person if you don't take Elijah Wood's hot cocoa in this case. <laughs> now you'd be a dead person. I'm just saying you're uh-huh. a nutter if you like smack the hot cocoa out of Elijah Wood's hands in this circumstance. <laughs> Say, nice try. You might be a nutter that survives, but like 999 times out of a thousand, you're going to be an insane person to to save yourself that one that one time. 
how much of his fawning over Kevin do you think is real and how much of it is just him trying to disarm this detective? The th- here's the... I, so my first thing is like I actually thought he was genuinely fanboying over a, a real-life detective. But subsequent watches, I think there's a little bit of a mocking. I don't think yes, that Elijah Woods respects these cops at all. Because he's and, already got this plan in motion where he's he's going to pin all these murders on Kevin, right? He knows that Kevin's going down tonight. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, he's well, faking this enthusiasm for meeting yeah, a real sent, life detective, right? He sent the cops here. Uh-huh. Like, this no, was yeah, a, what, behind this all was, this. Yeah, this is in case you haven't connected the, the dots. Like, this is the message that he posed as a cult person that mm-hmm. bring the cops out here. And there's a bunch of weird stuff. Bunch of w- And then the cops show up and suddenly this really friendly, chatty guy who's talking about, oh, yeah, these weird women showed up. It's a whole coven. And like, hey, I got some pol- unorthodox police work that's leading. The, the, in, and Kevin just eats it up. He drinks it down just like the hot cocoa. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, in retrospect, do you think he's been in more communication with the police than that one email he sent that says, I think I might have some information for you. Has he sent information or has he teased information? I think it's impossible to know, but my gut says no. My gut says that the yeah. cop somehow lucked into finding the body. That wasn't Walter. Um, and that uh, I don't think Walter even had a, a thought of revenging himself against misty i don't think he Mm -hmm. thought it was that deep or to the extent that he's uh moriarty maybe he i I don't know i i he's still a he's still a mysterious guy that we don't know much about and has a lot of mysterious motivations but shit i I wonder if he hasn't sent some information that might link one of the cops and maybe it's ambiguous enough that either kevin or matt could be implicated here but that would so make you some think, sense. You think he's got a like he's he's got a fragment of the truth that looks bad to one of these guys. I, I wonder if that's true of almost anybody. Like if you can't find something, if you were if if you have unfettered access to the average person's email and texts, could you dive through that to find something that they would be like? Maybe it's all in their head, but they'd be so mortified it would get out that you could you could lean on them. Yeah, I mean, unless you're Mister Rogers, sure, probably. Right, I would think so. Everybody's got their it's, secrets. It's and, a psychological. Be, it's this. It's the deep, dark psychological version of saying a guy's got weird balls. Like everyone's <laughs> got some kind of skeleton buried in their closet, and if you just imply that you know it, then yeah. they're gonna. And it might not be murder. It might not even be anything anybody would care about. But it's something that you feel. Yeah, uh, you want to keep secret. Or it right? might be a limit, like like you know, if you're cheating on your husband or wife, it's like your small family cares a lot, but like the world at large doesn't give a shit. Right. So it's like, yeah. you can th- be things like that. Yeah. So I don't know. I really love the scene. Um, and then Callie and Jeff sneak into the compound where they see uh, Kevin and Walter talking through the window. Jeff sends Callie to go find her mom. And then he goes inside where he <laughs> does a uh, tearful false confession to Kevin that he killed Adam. Fortunately for him, Kevin collapses before uh, he can arrest Jeff from the poison tea. And Walter introduces himself and has Jeff help him move the body. How much layer of bullshit is Elijah Woods Walter operating on when he says, "Ooh, that's surprisingly fast acting. I don't buy that. I thought I think Walter knew exactly how fast that would act. 
but I think that he's constantly just Maybe. putting out a stream of misinformation so that people uh, underestimate him. And he does this include, uh, up to and including Misty as well. I, I will say they need something to differentiate him and Misty. It would be nice if she knew about the the chemicals that you could use, the the methods for killing people, and he was a hacker. Because he's got that literal metal, medical training, yeah. Right, right. Um, that would be nice, but... Yeah, I, I I tend to think he knew it would act fairly quickly, if not exactly this fast. Uh, yeah. I, you know, one thing I'm not sure about is whether Kevin would arrest Jeff at all. He seems like this. He he understands this is just a transparent attempt by Jeff to take the blame for his wife's uh, misdeeds. Yeah, I I I had I wondered that too. Like, would the average cop care? Like or not, not it, it cares not because I I think look I think the average cop would care if they put the wrong person away and and more to mm-hmm. like if there's a murder out in the streets, but like would the average cop like that doesn't know them personally if the husband comes up and does a tearful confession like that might be surprising to them but it's like oh also this is yeah this is another standard there's yeah like uh they've seen it probably, a dozen times right yeah exactly that's what I was trying to get at exactly mm-hmm. exactly. Um, but like the fact that he knows Jeff, I think is, makes it uniquely kind of like, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Yeah. It really came across as like, Jeff, just stop Jeff. I'm not buying any of this. But on the other hand, like if Jeff insists and they don't have any other, like, I wonder if you would have to kind of be like, well, like, I think this is bullshit, but if I, what on the 10% chance I'm wrong, I let this guy go free and he kills again. And then what? Like, I, yeah, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But I mean, obviously, who cares? Cause Kevin's dead. <laughs> Maybe the best line in this whole episode is in this scene where he and Jeff and Callie are sneaking up and they're, they're kind of bickering back and forth about like blame and, you know, Jeff, cause Jeff started this whole thing with the blackmail stuff, right? Right, and, right. And I forget what Callie says, but Jeff's response is to say the American family is crumbling. Callie, you try making a living in sectionals. I thought that was a hilarious line. It's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. And and why do you have to keep selling sectionals, man? You're a furniture store, but sell sell recliners, sell lazy boys. Mm. I don't know. Maybe sectionals are the last thing that you got good margins on. Could be. Swedish flat pack has come for everybody except for sectionals. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know they make them, but come on. You can only pack so much sectional into flat pack. Sure. <laughs> Sounds reasonable. I don't know. Uh, let's go back to 96 where Coach tries to make a fire in Javi's hidey hole. Uh, not working too well. Shauna serves up Javi on a charcuterie board with Travis giving his blessing to eat his brother by taking a bite of his raw heart this is significantly more fucked up than i expected yeah there's some there's the the, the eating hearts is super gross so i'll go back to game of thrones season one uh i didn't like the way the organ jiggled and slid when it hit the cast iron it's just Uh it's all bad and it, it also has me like one that's like these girls are just yes anding this cult you know, no one is telling mm-hmm. them how to do it. Like, Shauna comes in and she's like, I don't know, it's your brother's heart. Here's a heart. And he's like, oh, should I throw it in a fire? Should I put it on the altar? Fuck it. Take a bite of the apple. <sighs> I like, it, it just, there's just, there's no wrong answers. 
Um, and that's a little disappointing because I'm a big yeah. lore procedural guy and I kind of wanted something more than just like it felt right. So we did it. But I guess that's exactly how a nature cult would work. I can't, sure. I don't know much about nature cults, but what I do know is a little bit about brothers being one myself. I don't think there's a circumstance under which I would ever take a bite of my brother's raw heart, whether I was starving or not. You just throw it on the fire. That is permission enough for these people to go do what they're going to do. But the he saved you. Let your brother save you, Jim. Let him let him save me what medium well. Don't let him save me raw. <laughs> yeah. I don't need that in my life, man. I don't want no raw salvation, dude. Heart is uh, difficult to eat and not great at the best of times when it's prepared by a professional chef yeah raw, and that being your brother muscle is, tex- texture and the tubey nature of the vent- yeah it's just not good yeah it's no good I feel like they always make hearts a little too easy to bite into as well hmm I feel like hearts oh, well, would we be could find w- out way hard go, <laughs> sure. go get a pig heart we go big pig heart and bite, bite into thing. that thing mm-hmm. yeah no thanks uh, 10,000 how... club subscribers. We will eat a pig heart. <laughs> Live on <laughs> no, podcast. <we> <laughs> Just... <laughs> uh, maybe if it's served medium well, sure. Now you could cook it. I'm not saying, oh, wait, I just said raw heart. Yeah, yeah. We'll, you, yeah. we'll let Jim cook it because he's got a delicate. I mean, I've eaten heart. Just not human, oh, I've not my brothers, heart. and not raw. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I do love the way that most of the girls look away when he bites this raw heart. Because, yeah, it's fucking disgusting. Except for Misty, who sits there, mouth agape, wrapped. Dude, uh, all of with the attention women. here. Uh, yeah, if, if uh, I, I don't know if the show will end up rewarding it, but it is interesting to go back and look at all the different women's perspectives. And, and especially like in the cabin burning scene, like it's... Uh, they're 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 really they're really making a meal of it. Um, I thought it's also like this. Um, the way the girls acted, you know, they're waiting for Travis. As soon as he throws the heart, they all like greedily come forward and grab their pieces of meat and throw it in there. Like you know, they they really give this kind of ravenous. Mm-hmm. You know, like they're just barely waiting on this. F- what little um, you know, what what do you call that? Um, a ceremony what little ceremony they got they're just barely hanging on and as soon as they can get it they want to th- throw that meat on the fire and get into their bellies they're hungry i think they all should have taken a raw bite i mean travis set the standard here right raw bites yeah mm-hmm. i mean Take one raw bite and then throw it on the fire so clearly when we see people getting eaten in the future the heart will be a part of the offering right gotta be yeah yeah you can't go backwards in terms of pomp and circumstance mm-hmm Pass the shrooms. We'll be right back. All hail the Antler Queen. We're back with Yellow Jackets. All right. Um, Misty takes some sautéed hobby up to Lottie. She's reluctant to eat, but Misty orders her to eat, and she does. Really, it's interesting. Really... They're still like this is the last time I can remember someone. Uh... The last time in a long time someone like appealed to the sins of the team. You know, like I think like the last time this happened was like Jackie back in season one. But uh mm-hmm. uh I thought it was a weird, weird thing for Misty to do. Yeah. I mean they're a team of sorts. Uh current day, Lottie listens to the wilderness. 
Ty calls off the crisis team kind of at Van's behest um, that was coming to get Lottie. And the Yellow Jackets gather around the fire to start the ceremony. I really like the song that they use. This is um, a Leonard Cohen, Buffy St. Marie, uh, God is Alive, Magic is Afoot. It's, there's such a like disjointed, uh, jumbled mess at the beginning of this song that really feels like what might be going through Lottie's head. Yeah, it's, magic it's, is alive stuff. Magic is all the now, yeah. all the nouns and verbs and prepositions get shifted around. Where God's afoot and yeah, magic is alive. It's uh, it, it is. I've never heard this song before. Um, oh, I haven't either. And it was a, it's a good choice. They, they had a lot of good uh, song pulls throughout this, like the opening up the episode with the zombie. They had uh, mm-hmm. uh. Sh- a sad but true cover by oh uh, yeah saint vincent saint vincent sad but true cover of metallica mm-hmm. uh, i mean that's the one thing that hasn't slipped in this show if you if you think some of the you know the plotting some of the other stuff has is like the the music choices the music direction is still top notch yeah and they use it well too i think in in the scenes where they need it they they pick a perfect vibe for the scene like that radiohead uh street spirit or what fade out um, that's one of my favorite Radiohead songs, and it's used really well in this episode. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting. It's like and like like Lottie like really is kind of coming to her own in the present. You know, she's like fully coming into her antler queen. She's like just uh, like almost in a state of re- religious uh, um, ecstasy mm-hmm. as this song is playing. And like I thought it's interesting how. She notices that her cabinet is forced, and I think she even notices that the gun is gone. Uh, though I didn't put that in my notes, so I'm not sure about that. But she definitely notices that her cabinet's been forced open, and she looks at it, and she kind of laughs and smiles. Like, oh, this is ah, mm-hmm. the wilderness. Ah, wilderness playing a Joker card again. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, it could be because the gun is gone. Um, she might assume one of the women took it for the hunt. I don't know. It's definitely that it's been forced in a lock no no longer works. And there again, yep. it's like it's a, is it the wilderness? The wilderness is us because this implies a Lottie could have been like, oh wait a second, what the fuck is happening? But she doesn't because she just assumes this is just more, you know, wilderness uh, changing the rules on them. Uh, did you notice Lottie? Sorry, not Lottie. Nat, um, maybe tucking something up her sleeve here. It's like a semi-conspicuous shot of her kind of doing something with her right hand here. And it looked like she was tucking something up her sleeve, but it never comes to anything in this episode. So maybe not. I might be crazy. I didn't notice that. So uh, I I went back and looked at this just now. She's tucking a knife in her sleeve. Um, Presumably a still sharp one. Probably, yeah. Was (sighs) lot... So does that imply that Nat was showing up here to kill Lottie? Or whoever drew the queen. This makes a lot more sense about her, you know, explaining to Lisa she has to get out of there because she knew something was going to... She 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 was also on the plan no sight call. I don't think she was going to tell Van or Ty about it, but yeah, she was going to do... God. Yeah, I mean... Or it's... did she want to go through with the mm. hunt? Yeah, that's what I assume, which sort of tracks, but maybe I don't know. Maybe they needed the part where she realized they brought the darkness back with them closer to this episode. 
because mm. she's had a whole episode to just kind of hang out and rethink things. Well, it also recontextualized. Now that we know that she was made the leader, of course, I don't know. Like, you know, there's also the idea that the in the spring, the queens do battle for supremacy and they've already set up some jealousy and some rivalries on that, too. But like knowing that Natalie is the leader and that several post yellow jackets this season last have cr- credit her uniquely as with their survival. I mean, maybe she ha- maybe she had a she, she felt a um uh, an obligation to finish what was started in some way you know are we ever going to see one of these rituals that results in the person who drew the queen dying dude <laughs> I don't so far know we're, we're zero for two with that and we're running out of we're running out of test cases there's only three plausible people that can be killed and that's one of the unfortunate things about the show is literally no one cares about them yeah, I mean, in the teenage timeline, they could, they have a lot more queens they could pull, but like, I, I don't yeah. know, is this part of the joke is going to be that like the wilderness never picks the person who drew the queen? <laughs> and in that case, why the hell do they keep doing it? Right, right. It's like, it's it's like one of those things like the, it's like, you know, uh, I've, I've often told people, it's like if you're, if you've got two different options and you're just on the horns of dilemma, flip a coin. Mm-hmm. And then if you you'll know the second you see the result, you'll either feel like, oh, good, or you'll feel a little disappointed. And I'll tell you like what you secretly wanted the whole time. That's the wilderness. They do the mm-hmm. card thing to be like, OK, fine. Eat Mari. Ah, I'm not feeling a Mari. The pink hat like girl's I'm... over there. She's looking pretty tasty, though. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I think I think it's I think it's one of that. It's wilderness just trying to like, you know, just just see just see how we feel. Mm hmm. <laughs> okay uh so callie's looking for her mom when uh matt finds her and she considers shooting him but he gets a fake phone call from kevin which is actually from walter uh walter and jeff toss kevin's phone into the trunk of the cop car and run off when yeah. when did he record this when did kevin say what the fuck you doing uh that's uh, oh, so this is this, this is stuff though. This is the thing that Walter recorded while he was because that's what Kevin said to Jeff when he started confessing. Okay, these are all things that he sure. like uh, uh, recorded from the 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 butler's pantry or whatever in the kitchen, <laughs> wherever he was. Yeah, he was talked into the dumb waiter. Yeah, there's so many ways. There's some places you can stash in Elijah Woods. He's just, he's a little guy. Yep, he's like a elf on the shelf. You can just be anywhere. Uh yeah, and then you why know, did they why did they have Matt bump in the Cali? Is it just established he has the gun because nothing comes of it? Yeah, I guess it does do that and establishes sta- she has a gun. Yeah, and it, it lets it lets Elijah be clever by luring him there. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it worked. Uh, then the Yellow Jackets pull cards until Shauna finally draws the queen. The rest don masks and weapons and chase her. Uh. All right, this is all a little wild. Um, let me ask you this. So what happens if you refuse to draw? I presume the hunt automatically begins on you. That's the They're only thing that makes it sense. saying it like it's worse than that. Like maybe we don't kill and eat you. Maybe we do well, something that is pretty worse. more like terrible. You go, from, you go from an odds of being hunted to a sure thing of being hunted. Right. I guess in that case, all, the rational thing tr- to do is pull a card. But 
unless you're being altruistic and you you want to you volunteer as tribute sure i don't know if that's a thing yeah it seems like something they'd play with with a full season (laughs) full three seasons ahead of us if they, they get what they want i don't know but it's like one of those things where it's like uh I felt like last season they answered a lot of questions and then opened up a lot more of intriguing possibilities. This season feels like this is emblematic of where they consciously refer to a thing that I don't know that they either don't have it figured out and they don't want to commit to or for whatever reason it's just like, you know, because like that, this feels like a Reddit bait. It's (laughs) like it it's, uh, you know, like the antler queen itself is the perfect Reddit bait. It's a concept that can mean anything. It's something it that, like, who's going to win succession on succession? It's something <laughs> that, like, keeps people talking. Who's the pit girl? Like, I'm glad I wasn't a big pit girl fixator because I would feel like I'm a, I'm, I'm, I, it's kind of a joke mm-hmm. at this point because, okay, pit girl is one of four people. And at this point, does it matter? Like maybe it matters next, yeah. but like it's just I don't know. It's like why why get all all excited about that? I don't know. Uh, maybe I'm taking the bait here, but I think uh, there's a possibility that Pit Girl was one of the ones that refused to draw. Maybe we've already seen that happen. You get pitted? We just didn't realize it. Well, no, you just get chased. You know the the same you way get- you would if you drew the queen, but you get no choice. Okay, well that's why that's no that, that was that was my that's yeah that that was my. Theory. She's like running in a, like a hospital gown or something. It's like it, it seemed impromptu, right? Like she wasn't prepared in any way to run from these people, mm. barefoot. Like yeah, mm. but but they also already. Oh, it can't be because they got she had the necklace on. That's the symbol oh, of the wilderness shoes. Yeah, so like unless they completely change that up. Which they could. Mm-hmm. That's the annoying thing. It's like well, Natalie could be, you know, because I wore the necklace and wasn't chosen. Now only people who are not chosen get the necklace. I don't fucking. I don't know. That's dumb. <laughs> but but yeah, there's yeah. a lot of stuff that's dumb that they're coming up with on the show. It seems like. Yeah, you're right. Um, okay, okay. There there is what I think is a breach of protocol. We don't know the whole ritual yet. We don't know how it evolves sure. and what it is in this timeline. I think there's a breach of etiquette. Uh, and protocol with Lottie choosing to draw again. The way that she says again and the looks that she gets from the rest of the girls, including Van, who was the one calling for all of this. She gets a look like, this is not how we do it, Lottie. And then they go along with it anyway. So my question, so I thought that too, but then they never supplied anything into that void because like, okay, Uh so was, so like if you get... If you do one round of draw, do you just put the deck away until the next day? And like, yeah, the you just like chose none of us. Chose none of us. So like, huh? I guess that tracks. Because like, if, if you keep doing it long enough, someone will starve to death, and you get to eat them too. Mm-hmm. But do you think part of okay? Let me ask you this. This is another important part. Do you think part of the ritual is they eventually get around to burning cards, so it'll be less and less <laughs> filler in the deck because I notice all the Maybe. girls are throwing the, all the women are throwing the cards into the fire as they're now this mm-hmm. could be just because this is a one and done and they know it yeah yeah but yeah I, you're right so that could be that this was seen as a mat and, and that maybe that's another all the girls are going along with the because like I think they're playing with the idea that these women are getting swept up again 
mm-hmm. with like a seeming uh, thing Definitely. of coincidences. And like they're thinking like, okay, well, there's 52 cards. We'll get rid of the queen. Now there's 48. They'll put one back in. There's 49. You got a one in 49 chance times what six of of drawing a queen in the first round. And we might even draw one. Then we can just put the cards away until t- the next night. Um. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it seems like they're gonna like pull pull until you until it's like playing Russian roulette until someone gets shot, you know. That's not yeah, how you're totally. supposed to play it. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly why everyone kind of just glosses over what I think is a breach of etiquette. But Shauna, it makes a lot of sense because I think she's still trying to postpone whatever's going to happen here, right? She's still like buying time because she's Cause like she's the one shuffling, more for shuffling, and. Mm-hmm. I also thought it's interesting how Ty pointedly asked Van, is this what you wanted to happen from the beginning? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she did, uh, gets, and there's, this is where I think Van, there's two, two points in this uh, show where Van convinced me that she wanted this to happen. One is her crazy reaction to Ty canceling the site call. T- to the extent that I, I wonder if Dark Ty. No, it. I don't. I don't. I don't think Dark Ty was involved with that. And this scene here, where Ty's looking at her, is like, "Is this what you wanted all the time?" But like those looks came out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. I felt I'm like they needed... never felt. It never felt like these girls were committed to actually carrying out this ritual until they had masks and were actively chasing Shauna. And it just got. They got caught up in it, and I don't know that I buy that for everybody. You know, even a guy yeah, we know. mentioned last episode that there, I may be on a feedback episode that um, the Vans always felt like the one that was like, okay, well, uh, everybody, okay, you got the dark tie situation and you're butchering your animals. You killed your lover and now you've embroiled your whole family in a criminal scandal. You killed a person just straight up in your basement last episode. And Van, well, you know, you got shit too. And like Lottie did that again, where she went down the litany yeah. of everyone's sins and she got Van. <laughs> And she's like, oh, Van, Van, you're the one most of all. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? It uh, means something in context of the teen timeline, but they also, like I said at the beginning, need to connect this in the adult timeline. Make me feel like she's being transported back in time and feeling the same thing she felt back then because I wasn't getting that from Van this entire she time. She says, like, I saw it in your eyes just now when we were choosing. And, like, I buy it because, like, I definitely saw, like, Aunt Lauren was doing something to, like, make her look like she was hungry. But uh, why? But, why? But, yeah, why? Because she's, li- you know, hungry for life, maybe? But where? Did, why did Van go from resign, resignation to oh my god the wilderness can save me or make something of my life in less than 24 hours mm-hmm. i needed some yeah, more I never conversations saw the connecting piece yeah there. but i don't think i ever really saw it in season one before when she was you know spontaneously kneeling before i th- did you see that there's this really long post on reddit analyzing van's behavior in the context of being a goalkeeper oh no well, I didn't find it very persuasive, but I was like, I, I did <laughs> okay. find that like, there's people like, um, you know, talking about like, that's a fundamentally different thing when you're a goalkeeper. Like everyone else on the team is trying to score points, is trying to win the game, but you are trying to save your team from calamity. You are the thing you are trying to keep, you know, you're trying to keep your goal. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, and they play with that stuff, right? I mean, Jackie was the captain of the team. 
and the leader and they had her be that for a while until but again it's not enough i feel like if this is what the showrunners are going for they're handing me a disassembled assault rifle and Mm -hmm. expecting me to believe that a character can just put it back together without you know like just counting on oh they probably have training or whatever and i i don't know i need to see it i need to see you know like van saying something like you guys don't never understood me i'm the goalkeeper and you're the striker and the blah and the the left quarter fielder and lottie is definitely for the royale the cheese and only a only a goalkeeper can understand Uh uh-huh yeah i don't know not my favorite uh part of this episode for sure so matt finds kevin body kevin's body in the trunk of his car um Walter runs in, he shoots Kevin with Matt's gun and gives Matt a choice. He can claim that Kevin was a corrupt cop and be a hero or the information linking Kevin to Adam's murder could instead point to him. Uh, Also, the cops are on their way right now and Jeff sees all this go down from the woods. Are are we supposed to understand that this is like a choice of running or submitting? Because it happens right Uh, after they explain this and like it's now that I'm looking at it's like you know, here's three dudes talking about the inevitability of be you know these choices being made right on the back of you know Lottie and them like the, the turning on Sean and giving her a choice to run or submit. I I don't know. There might be something there. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know that we get enough information to really understand how this plays out. The next time we see Kevin or, or sorry Matt, I think he's just like. It's the very end of the episode. He's leaned up against a police car, kind of crying while he's being interviewed. And I, I, so, so here's the thing about Matt. He's not one to be blackmailed, I don't think. Callie has tried it numerous times with false information. Walter might be better at it, but I don't think Kevin just suddenly submits to this. I think, you mean Matt? Or, sorry, not Kevin, Matt. Yeah. Yes. Uh, Matt's not that guy. Matt's going to go do whatever it takes to figure out who this Walter guy is and try and bring him down. Counterpoint, he might get around to that, but I kind of do find Matt as that guy. I think Matt is... You think so? uh, Matt's the guy who will taste the juices from a condom because he's pretty sure it's not actual spooge. Uh, yeah fair point you're right that shows a certain <laughs> I mean, amount of fortitude i guess or or, or, or... single minded kind of insanity right like i don't think matt's that guy okay let, let's talk about all the goofy things so matt sure. comes up opens the thing and says oh jesus christ sees a partner elijah woods comes flying out of the woods grabs his service weapon and matt kind of goes hey and he pumps four three four rounds into kevin mm-hmm mm-hmm Elijah was not wearing gloves, right? I think he might be. Was he wearing gloves? God damn it. I think so. But because I okay, because that was one thing. It's like you just put your fingerprints on the, the guy's weapon. Right. But like can't I, I it wouldn't I, I feel like people you can tell whether wounds were put post mortem or mortem. Uh-huh. And you could for sure tell that they were like shot downward at an angle while a person was lying down. 
and like there's a narrative like I, I like this line like Elijah Woods gets some great fucking lines where it's like uh, well this is a narrative and I need you to try to uh-huh. yes and it a little bit more than you're doing right now like this stuff <laughs> yeah. was all great but the the ultimate situation where it's like okay we they have convinced me that Elijah Woods is a master hacker and he could do all this stuff but if Elijah Woods ran out of the forest when per, all purple and shot this this dead body and tried, like I I do think that Matt would be like get the fuck out of here. Mm-hmm. Like again, there's like we know these things about Walter, but why would the small town cop who, you know, thinks that he he is the master of the universe? Why would he submit so much to so quickly to that? Yeah, I, I want to say it's because like in the moment he's bamboozled right the situation is so strange the guy has his gun it's he seems a little unhinged it it, yeah i I could maybe see like matt in that moment not knowing what to do but like i just don't think that sticks yeah and i wish they'd shown him as being like you know i i kind of wish they'd shown him being frightful that cassie's gambit would work you know, hmm. to kind of show that maybe his partner, Kevin, bucking him up. Like, come on, man. No one's going to believe that. You didn't, you know. Uh, but, like, yeah, yeah. that's not what I, that's not what I, the, no, what I got out I of that. I saw a guy who sniffs out bullshit. But also. And, and doesn't care that bullshit is out there because he knows the truth. But also, Kevin told Walter that you and my partner would get along really well because you both have unquestionable police methods. And is that enough for like this is kind of like the cop work equivalent of guys thinking they have weird balls that this guy is self-conscious because he knows that he skirts the and like, you know, Elijah would like is this is this threat a little Maybe. bit more compelling because he knows for a fact he didn't fuck Cassie. But like and, he, and has he has color. A, he has a rep around the the precinct as the guy who like is colors kind of outside the can. lines a little bit. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Maybe, but again, Maybe. I feel like I'm being handed a, a, a field strip rifle here. Yeah, you're, you're ex- really doing a lot of heavy to, lifting for the show. Yeah, for the missing with episode. Your fan fiction. That uh, <laughs> it's looking like we've got. Yeah. Um. So Callie runs into the hunt and shoots Lottie in the arm, stopping the chase. Ty confesses that they called off the psych team. Lottie claims the wilderness has done things for them. And then Lisa also shows up with a gun. I, I'm going to stop here because things get like pretty jumbled at the end. And I'm just going to cut up those pieces and paste them together. Uh, so Van in this scene is like saying, yeah, we can't commit Lottie. When when Ty confesses, she called off the, the uh, psych team. Van says we we made her like this right she's like this because of us i don't know if that's true lottie has always been the girl who sat in the back seat of the car seeing visions of horrible death yeah that isn't track this isn't track because you're right it isn't literally true van might think it's true so i i don't want to like say oh she wouldn't say that necessarily but that we know that that's not true and also you t- we took a person who is uniquely vulnerable to this kind of bullshit and we just fed into it because we were kids and we wanted to believe and like i mean obviously fair, I think lottie had a big hand in that it, it does seem <sighs> to like if you, you have a person that has like a severe mental illness and they can get treatment and be better it seems to uh it, it seems reasonable to assume that you could do the worst you could do like the opposite of treatment and make them worse so like 
Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's healthy to like feed into a par- someone's paranoid delusions or someone's, you know, like I, I don't, I don't think that's the way to go. And maybe she's feeling culpable for that. But like, I that's yeah. the thing is like that's this is Van like not being honest because Van's acting like, oh well, you know, I was all kind of like going along with it all the, the the time even back. And I I don't think Van was just going along with shit. I think Van was a uh-huh. true committed believer, not all the time. But when they got hungry, there's even this line here about um, that the wilderness is not evil. Uh, it's just hungry like us. And that's an, I, I feel like that, I, that that's the key to understanding all this is that people do crazy things uh-huh. to survive. You can be so hungry that you would do stuff that you would swear that you would never do on your worst day. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's Van, and this is like the wilderness is just their fig leaf to cover their own amoral actions. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, what doesn't make sense here is Van's argument. Um, Van is saying we can't commit this person, we can't commit Lottie because we made her like this essentially by playing into her delusions. Yeah. Uh, so you're trying to help her. By doing what? Playing into her delusions. Yeah. What What are you arguing for here? That this is somehow, the, that honoring the wilderness as adults is somehow going to make things good for Lottie? And for the rest of you? I, well, the, 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 we have to figure this out ourselves. Well, what is So what is the end goal of figuring it out? Lottie not being insane? Lottie not being committed? Uh-huh, right. Everyone's still breathing at and the end of the night. And is this the like, path to that? Leaning into her insanity by yeah. conducting rituals that will end up in the murder of yet another per- one of your friends? Like, none of That's, this makes sense. Even, yeah. even when you break down her argument as presented on screen, it just does not make sense. Yeah, I it, it's that that's that's the real problem is like some of this stuff in isolation can work in a moment with the performance and the dialogue. But then you think of like, OK, but but why? What is the you know, again, what is what does Van think success is here? If she's the goalkeeper, what is her goal that she's keeping? And that's where it just really breaks down. And it could be that we, well, we just don't know enough. But like, why don't we know enough about right this conversation? You're these playing women are moments having. that I need to know enough about in order yeah. for them to work like they're but so heavily that information in their personal code and experiences that at the end of two seasons i can't decipher it well, that's a, that's that's a problem yep i agree they're have we talked about the car before the horse on some of this stuff have we gone back to 97 when lottie comes out of her bedroom and van's telling a story have we got to that uh, part it, yet yeah, let's do that now. Um, okay. So I, I'm going to go. There are two threads here. There's a 96 that goes to the end of the episode and the current day that goes to the end of the episode, and they're kind of intercut, but I'm going to split them up here. Okay. Um, so let's talk about 1996. Um, the girls welcome Lottie back to the land of living here. Uh, Van tells them all a story about the wilderness as Coach sneaks around outside with a rope. Uh Lottie claims that she can't hear the wilderness anymore and appoints Nat the new leader and uh, Nat accepts the role and everyone accepts her. Uh, you, you know what? Let's stop there because th- there's kind of the, the end of the episode is a moment um, that okay. we can talk about in isolation. So yeah, this is the story part. 
and this is where I feel like this this is from the better ver- written version and not as chopped up version of the show because like this stuff tracks really well and it works thematically that like mm-hmm. Ben is telling a literal narrative about this just so story about this cabin and how it's taking care of them and how it was lonely and how it wanted them there and the coach is about to destroy their narrative because somebody outside is going to come and burn like oh you think this cabin is here and it's there to protect well I'm going to burn it down I think mm-hmm. there's something really interesting about Walter's narrative and this narrative and the narrative that the women are telling themselves. In a, but it's like it just doesn't quite come together because thematically it works. Like if I'm just having a conversation with you, I tell you, oh, yeah, Yellow Jackets made this really interesting thing about narratives. But like specifically when you try to tie it to the episode, it kind of falls apart. Mm-hmm. And I, again, I think it's because of the pacing. I think it's because we're missing some information that maybe these scenes were written with thinking that you would have in hindsight or they wanted to make it intentionally more mysterious. So they took that stuff out. But for whatever reason, it's like, an, again, something that seems like it should work really well and it just doesn't. And it's a shame. Yeah, I like the beginning of the story. Um, she doesn't get to finish it because Lottie kind of stands up and interrupts. But and like, the narrative is destroyed. But I think it's like intentional, yeah. too. It's. Yeah, totally. Uh, but I could see this as Van kind of channeling the wilderness here, right? Listening to the wilderness. It hears us and we hear it. Um, and it's a purpose. This might be the literal beginning. Like the wilderness may have literally built this cabin, if you want to go supernatural, right? To attract people sure. there to do whatever it's doing. and and Or maybe just not to be lonely, to have friends. Um I don't know. I, I think there's something creepy and interesting and like otherworldly about that that was really compelling. Yeah, and I that like like Lottie said, you know, hey, I I was the only one that knew how to listen, uh, which possible code for I was the only one that was off medications and mentally ill. Uh mm-hmm. I've 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 taught you all now how to listen, so now that's not the important part. Now we need a strong leader, and that strong leader is Nat. And they pan they pan yeah. around and you can see like Misty and Shauna are hungry for it. Uh-huh. They're like, oh God, oh my God, this is me, this is me. And and Ty, Ty was also in there. There's like a three reaction shot where it goes like Ty, Misty, Shauna. Mm-hmm. And then Natalie's chosen. Uh and she kisses yeah. kisses kisses the ring. Um uh, let's talk about the different reactions. So Lottie just obviously submits to Nat's authority. Um, Misty is extra about it. She does this elaborate curtsy. Mm-hmm. Um, so Travis, Tra- Travis gives her the or her heart. Yeah, Van kind of like cuddles her arm. Shauna is conflicted. She goes up there and is like confused, and she doesn't. She kind of like gives her an, a, a nod. Mm-hmm. And I what. It did, did, is this the is this the thing I've been waiting for all season? Because I thought this is what we're going to get in the adult stru- we're going to get an adult struggle for supremacy. Are they setting up this spring thaw? Queens coming out and stinging each other to death, like metaphorically, because obviously they can't die. But yeah, I don't know. Um, it, it's clear they're definitely setting Nat up to kind of take this to the next level. Right, but I mean the the stuff we've seen at the end, and and knowing Nat is the leader now, and, and knowing how fucked up Nat is, because like people talk about who's the most fucked up Yellow Jacket. I mean, from the very beginning, Nat's been very fucked up, um, and we oh, thought that man. a lot of that was based on the stuff that happened before the wilderness with her yeah. her dad and stuff. Sure, but that's not necessarily all of it. A lot oh, of yeah. it, c- it could still be to come between 
this winter and when they get rescued. So how how unhinged is it that Shauna is still processing all this through this very teenage like, you know, she's writing her journal like, you know, I thought it was Jackie who was keeping me from feeling unheard and unseen. But turns out the wilderness is a bitch and they don't like that stuff seems insane to me that you would take that tone and voice and that kind of journaling into this situation. <laughs> but she's doing it. That's why yeah, I say like there's got to like there there is a lot of jealousy and self-esteem and just like ne- like 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 self-loathing that's that's Sean's got to deal with if she's going to continue to be the team's butcher. It seems like she is. Yeah, well, I mean they're definitely writing her as a teen. All those things are in there. Yeah. Uh but I don't know. Um let's let's go back to current day real quick and then we'll talk about the cabin burning. Okay. Uh Misty springs into action with a syringe. Uh this is after Lisa comes up with a gun. Um she takes tries to take out Lisa, but Nat jumps in the way and gets killed instead. And as Nat is dying, she sees Javi, Lottie, her younger self, all telling her to let the darkness in, saying we've been here for years. Uh, then the authorities show up. Walter tells Misty he's taking care of the Adam Martin situation. Misty, I, I think, kind of is too distraught to register that um, over killing Nat. And Jeffrey unites with his family, finds out that Natalie's dead. Lottie claims the wilderness is pleased and she's taken by the authorities and Ty promises they'll come check on her. Yeah. What did you make of the, what, what Lottie asserts that Natalie was always the wilderness's favorite? Cause up to this point, that, that was an interesting piece of information to me. Cause like, I wouldn't say that that was that true. Lottie is the wilderness's favorite. I mean, no, she said not Nat was. Lottie said Nat oh, was the wilderness's favorite. Right, right. Says, You're always the wilderness's favorite. It, we just don't have the context for it, right? I mean, that's the thing. There, there are. Well, I guess but always I, implies from the very beginning. Say, so like, we're like a third, we're a quarter of the way through the wilderness experience. Always, I don't know. And then there's nothing that this is uh, just in time storytelling. It's something that they want to assert, but like I don't think there is any evidence to imply that that's true. So, so um, I've seen many a narrative spun that with like siblings where one sibling acts out and get this is the Jesse Pinkman story, right? Um, where one sibling acts out and gets in trouble and the parents like get pissed off and, and try their best to correct their behavior and fail. And then the, the little brother who has always been, you know, straight laced, never got into trouble comes in and says, you were always our parents' favorite. Yeah. That is a, that is one way to look at the wilderness seeing Nat as the favorite is like Nat's always been the troublemaker in the wilderness's mind, right? She's the one who didn't believe. She's the one who's talking shit about the wilderness. And so it's fixated on her. Maybe that's what she means. Okay. Again, feels a little partially disassembled rifle, but I, <laughs> I, I, I guess that that does track from a certain point of view. Yeah, it's it's from a certain point of view, for sure. We need to hide this body. We'll be back right after this. I think the lady in the tree is watching you. Welcome back to more Yellow Jackets. 
are are we positive that Natalie's dead? Uh, yep. I mean, she's currently dead. Will she stay f- that way? I don't know, but. At first, I thought, well, because like, do, but do we actually hear? Yeah, the when the paramedic came, comes up, they actually say that she's dead, right? She died of an overdose because, like, I remember very strongly thinking as soon as Natalie or as soon as Misty stabbed Natalie, it's like, oh, well, Misty is going to have a shot that would incapacitate a normal person, but because Natalie is habituated to drugs and whatnot, that it's not going mm-hmm. to, you know, she didn't use enough, and she's going to narrowly survive and. But then, you know, by the time Lottie shows up on the plane and tells her to give it up, like, let it in, that seemed yeah. like that was that. But uh, I think that's that. And I trust Misty when she says that she killed her best friend. Anything we can glean from the in-between place? This is this is Natalie on the down plane. Uh, we see people that are dead there. But we see people that we also know are still alive there. We saw her own self there. Like, I, I don't know that you can, you know, make, draw too many conclusions from this death vision here. Yeah, that's the thing. It's it's just that, right? A vision. It's not, it's not real. Um, I get a Final Destination vibe for sure. We've talked about that before, but this felt like a faded kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, not much more than that. Yeah. Lots, lots of stuff for enterprising police forces to investigate here. Multiple mm-hmm. bodies, uh, uh, an insane cult leader. Yeah, with poisons of all types just kind of hanging around. Your prime uh, suspects in the middle of it, you know. Mm-hmm. But because that's the other thing, it's like, Do you buy that a police officer can assert something is true enough to back the fuck off the fellow? Because that's why I guess why I was going to Sean, the the detective suitor thing from We Own These Streets or We Own This mm-hmm. City, is that sometimes like if an official narrative is embraced by a police officer and they just assert it, like there is this you know kind of thin blue line effect where the other cops are just going to naturally go along with it. Mm-hmm. Like if yeah, someone outside the department been like, "Hey, look, here's the deal. There's my part. This guy killed his butt." They'd be like, "No fucking way, pal." But the fact that it's a, a, a this one, their brother officers doing it. Yeah, I can see it. Uh, but if ever, but, we'll th- see does it, but the, do you think that Matt was a joke in his own police department? Because I kind of got that opinion that Kevin didn't respect him. He's his partner. Yeah, he, he he's kind of newish too, right? He's not True. like. Yeah, seasoned. Um, so he probably doesn't know people very well. They're probably like a little. I think he's a newly minted detective anyway. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I get the impression that he might not be taken super seriously by everyone. So maybe that. Uh, I just, I, I just don't know. I don't, I don't know. I know. How... You're, you're grasping at straws. So you're not... trying to find a way for it all to make sense. I am. I am because it just doesn't. It really, it really doesn't. It really, I, I don't see how they make this make sense going forward the next year. I don't, like I said, I, I think there's ways that you could do it. Part of it might just be leaning into slight retcons and de-emphasizing things that aren't working and emphasizing things that are, but like, yeah, and they, the they thing play is, this is like, as a bittersweet resolution to the Adam Martin thing. And I wasn't necessarily buying it, but why did they have to get the cops this hot and heavy after them? I just feels like there's so much things that I don't like about this plot line. It made kind of misty in them look stupid when I thought that they were going to be like these cold eyed, dead eyed serial killers that do everything right. 
and the cops are on their ass from the the jump and because the cops are on their ass they got to come up with the counter like it feels like a lot of this stuff we, we spent so much time with this matt and kevin shit that ultimately doesn't really matter I, I, I just don't get it. I don't I don't get it. Yeah. Like why why did you you you, you like we lin- ended last season with me thinking that the cops wouldn't even necessarily investigate this shit. Mm-hmm. But it was like from the jump and that's the worst part of the finale, the resolution of that. So it's like fuck guys. Yeah, we'll see. Um it, I, I don't know. It, so so it's disappointing to me this whole thing with Walter and the hacking because we don't actually get to see any of it happen we don't see how smart walter is we're just told by walter that he's fucking smart right like they did a great job with this leading up to this like i always felt walter was one step ahead of misty in every regard but here it doesn't it, it feels like they're trading on that reputation that they've earned with walter before to just say go with it what I wanted to see is how exactly did Walter pull this off? How smart is he? Like, think of the thing that I didn't think of. Plant the evidence in the perfect, clever location uh, that points all fingers back at either Kevin or Matt, depending on which fl- switch he flips. I, I wanted to see all that happening, and that would have made me understand and respect Walter as the mastermind hacker. To just assert it here... I, I was willing to go with them when he they were asserting that he could do that against guys like Randy, but not against guys working in the PD. Because he was so clumsy with the, even the attempt on Randy. Maybe that was the misty fucking with his flow. But I, yeah, dude, I, 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 I can't agree more. Uh, they the did process, so been cool much this, telling, but... not showing. Like they, they're doing so much work yep. with. Oh, I'm your Moriarty. And us assuming everything that goes, and you know, to be fair, he right. did show that he had the he had the ability to like what hack into the CCTV of a Notel Motel, and he was mm-hmm. able to track Misty's like finding like you know get information inside information on her. But like, I mean, I don't know. It feels like Misty's a pretty hard target. But 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 most of it was mm-hmm. yeah. And then I guess maybe you're supposed to think again that these the are only small glimpse tops. the the only glimpse we really see of Walter being very good at what he does is when he shows up at Misty's work. Yes. I think that's where where we can like respect Walter for his his methods. But everywhere else it's kind of just said Walter has great methods. Yeah. And a part of the really, you know, you can imagine like you know, he took months to like research and find out all about the facility and how they could do ins and outs and how they do the tours and he found the old woman that he could use as the uh, as the stage grandma or mother and all that and but like he is kind of this like this uh yellow this this the the the, the cult honey compound is something he came up with on what 24 hours notice. Mhm. Yeah, it's a lot cool. harder to think that he's got so much information because I, I don't know. Maybe you started looking into to Matt and to Kevin a, a day before that, but like, good lord, this is light speed Moriarty type work. Sure, I just want to know how he did it. I'm curious. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, let's talk about the final scene here. Uh, 1996. Sean is writing in her diary when she smells smoke. Coach has barred the doors and set the cabin on fire. And the girls smash their way out, carrying what they can, and watch as their only shelter burns to the ground. Uh, boy, man, this is disruptive for a lot of reasons. Yeah. It's disruptive to the wilderness, who presumably built this cabin to attract 
friends because it was lonely. Um, it's I'm also disruptive a lot to there, their survival. But yeah. yeah, yeah, fair. I am, uh, but but coach, I, I'm with you. I feel you, coach. I feel like this is not the worst decision to make. It's an extreme response, but you know what the situation is here, Jim. It's pretty fucking extreme. It's pretty fucking extreme. And and from Coach's perspective, I don't think he thinks he can peaceably coexist with them. Nope. Like, he knows at some level that Ty has to know where these geothermal vents are. Mm-hmm. And it's only a matter of time before they'll find him and eat him, too. Yeah. I'm with him. This is self-defense in a sick and twisted way. Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. I agree. Um, it is interesting to see like the I, I love how the chorus goes crazy when the coach starts, you know, burning them down. Um, I thought it's interesting that Natalie was the first one out by people's insistence. She's already taking Lottie's place of supremacy. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't get why Van orders Ty out as the last to leave because she's, I guess, the goalkeeper. Um I noticed it like when I was looking at all the girls' reactions, they all are shell shocked. But at the very end, Lottie starts laughing hysterically, which hmm. I thought was a nice touch. But there's a couple things that I want to talk about in terms of next season. Um, there's only nine left, and only Jin, Mario, Melissa, and Akila can actually be killed. And mm-hmm. I don't think we really care enough about any of them like they've done the most track laying for Aquila, but like all the others are kind of question marks or I'm actively antagonistic to mm-hmm. the whole pit girl thing seems to be super beside the point um, so that's a problem like there is not much puzzle box in the that we care about in the 1996-97 timeline which has been I think the stronger of the season Um. They also have this really weird like crane shot that seems goes up and up and they show that there's like this black smoke bellowing into the air. Are they suggesting that maybe that's something that could be seen from a distance? It's I was wondering, yeah. Um, it's nighttime though. It's nighttime and who knows where they are. Very uh, remote. Yeah. And and they're not still searching for these bodies actively, right? They're, they're well, not out there with planes flying overhead going, well, maybe if they got off course here, they could have gone down there. Well, we the crucial, we also know that there's at least one more winter. So, like, they're nowhere uh-huh. near being rescued. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah. But but you're right. They're probably not actively searching the area, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no chance they, they spot this and get rescued. Um, it, which brings me to another question. Like, they've only got a few, a handful of people who they can kill. I assume once we get out of the winter, it's going to be a lot more subdued for them. And we're going to have a period where there's some reflection on the things they did during the winter. And then we're going to get to the next winter and it's all going to happen times 10. Right. Well, I mean, I think the, like in the spring, there's going to be one more like breach where the girls go fight and squabble and they, they fight for supremacy and there's a lot of recriminations and like, well, you're crazy and you did, Mm -hmm. but, but yeah, Mm -hmm. I think that that's broadly how it's going to go. Because you just don't have enough people left to eat to sustain you through a whole year. Do you think that we just saw the last of the like really bad? Because like I, it almost strains my belief Possibly. that these girls can survive another couple weeks of winter in their state. 
with the clothes that they've got and the shelter that they don't right. have. And it's one thing if you had all summer to prepare, but like how the fuck do you prepare for sub-zero conditions when you got the clothes on your back? And the blankets you were able to grab. I, I did like that they, blankets, were, yeah. they were grabbing the warmest shit they could find. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It's remarkably rational thinking in a, an emergency situation. Yeah. Um, but so, so what could they do? I guess they have the meat shack right you could pile some girls into that <laughs> there's only nine Try left keep so it warm it's, yeah are they all going to live in a geothermal vents uh yeah time might be able to take them to other uh-huh. cave trees uh yeah. which is going to force coach out right I, I mean that's the scary part for coach well, is he inadvertently left himself nowhere to hide so also um, I, 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 Nat and and Travis know where another geothermal event is. They they found uh-huh. it and marked it on the map. They didn't know its significance at the time. I still don't think they do. Like Coach doesn't say, "Oh, Javi was hiding underneath one of the trees marked yeah, with the symbol." You're right. He says, "I know where Javi was hiding." You're right, and that's it. You're right. I don't know if there's enough for them. But, to put But that Ty together. could take them to one for sure. Like, but if may, maybe if like Ty and Nat somehow have enough information, they could put it together. Uh huh. Maybe. The other forward-looking thing is is right before they pack Lottie off into the hospital wagon and Van and Ty are, you know, giving her like, oh, yeah, we'll check in after you. She says, we gave what you wanted. It's pleased. You'll see. And she looks at Van. Is Van's cancer going to miraculously go into uh, remission next season? It's possible. Because also, I don't know, know what other effect possibly could, you know... Unless the wilderness is going to quash the legal beef, there's but that's what it's not Walter so much as the wilderness. <laughs> yeah, the wilderness has a team of lawyers, and Nat was send a cease and desist. Take what does it thing. mean if Nat was the wilderness's favorite and she wasn't supposed to die? Because I don't think. Well, of course, there's anything. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I gotta say, well, I was sweating. Darkness... I was sweating through weeks six and seven, but these last two weeks, I'm, I'm, I'm getting more and more convinced that team rationality is the the supreme. We're, we're gonna, we're gonna prevail. We're gonna prevail, people. It's possible. Uh, this could be the wilderness, um, bringing Nat to it. You know, uh, when you die, maybe you. I don't know, have some stronger connection to the wilderness if this is like supernatural. Yeah. Any other points we can think of that are going to be germane to next season so. three? If guys, it's like the Showtime did renew this for two full seasons, two and mm-hmm. three. I wonder if they're kicking themselves thinking they should have filmed them back to back, but. Well, especially uh, with the writer's strike. Because uh, that's the yeah. thing. Yeah. I do. I I would say I'm about fifty fifty whether we get another season after I looked at the ratings, uh, people's reaction this season, and the fact that there is a perfect out in terms of a writer strike for HBO to like get out of the contracts and all that kind of stuff. How Showtime. are you? Yep. What do you? How, what is your percentage of certainty that we're going to get another season of this? Fifty fifty, man. Dude, and it, I will say that this would be this is this would sting. I'm a talking lot after like, season three, right? Because season three is already gonna happen. It's it well, I don't know what will do. The writer strike is is a wild question, card. but there are contracts it's, already, so they'll either red have to pay their way queen. out of it. Yeah, but there might be some force majeure where it's like, well, it's you know, like that's uh, like sure. You know, you, like what the, writer, what the writer happens. strike waited for would last for two years. Uh, mm-hmm. Can these women not go and do a stage play? 
because they're under contract. Like, there's got to be. So I, sure. I think there's there'd be a way for them to get out, and I'm a little nervous that they would, and it would sting like 1890. Because that thing is, we just had 1899 do this to us. Mm-hmm. It's like, god damn! It's like as much as I think that the latter half of season two suffered for some some problems, I really want them to see if they can redeem themselves, or if this is all part of the plan. You know, that's also possible that we're being. I just want to know if it's supernatural or not. Yeah. Yeah, me too. Because I want to. I want to be proven right. That's my favorite thing. Uh, and if they don't do more show, I can't. <laughs> okay. I can't. I'll never. I'll never be able to to crow and claim victory. It's true. It's the worst. Uh, do you have any? So uh, otherwise, I'm going to start uh, teasing people for feedback. Yeah, let's because yellowjacketsabaldmove.com. Uh, do you have takes? Uh, are you optimistic about season three? Are you fifty fifty? Are you ninety ten? Uh, do you think this is still a good show? Are you are you over it? Do you buy that Walter is a mastermind uh, hacker? Uh, d- how many disassembled rifles were you asked to assemble in this episode? Yellowjacketsabaldmove.com. We want to hear it from you. Uh, we'll be back later this week to wrap up our season two coverage of this. Uh, we're this week spinning up our coverage for Star Trek Strange New Worlds. Uh, we've got a bevy of shows coming and returning in June and July uh that we're excited about including foundation i know is one that we're definitely going to be doing um so if this is your last stop on the yellow jackets train well i hope you uh subscribe to us at bald move pulp and bald move prestige that's where all of our content winds up uh because we're going to be doing some cool stuff the rest of the year we got uh, spider-man uh through the spider-verse uh, uh first run movie we're reviewing this week uh, tons of other stuff and you can follow all of the things we're up to at twitter twitter.com slash bald move and if you've liked our coverage this we, this year and you'd want more bald move content ad free bald move content i highly recommend supporting us at support.baldmove.com all right you got a couple days to get your feedback in yellow jackets at baldmove.com we'll be back later in the week to wrap up this season until then i'm aaron and i'm jim see ya